are now listening to Real Talk with Mr. Q, The War Machine. to another episode of Real Talk. I'm your host, Mr. Q, The War Machine. Thank you for joining me, taking five minutes, five seconds out of your busy schedule. Today's podcast is going to be entitled The Echo from the Daily Plaza. As you heard, I've been following the show. I told you I was going to start something new, doing book commentaries on different books that I read, different books that brothers and sisters we should be reading because it's our history that we was not taught in school. And this ain't about slavery, but it's about stuff that's happened within the 20th century all up to this day. Uh, the book entitled, as I said, Echo from Daily Plaza, is about Abraham Bolton. It's a true story of an African-American who was a White House Secret Service detail and his quest for justice after JFK. Now, Mr. Bolton is still alive. Uh, give you a little background on Abraham Baldwin. He graduated from Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri with a BA in music composition. He served as a Secret Service agent from 1960 to 1964. Mr. Bowen lives in California. He retired after 30 years in the field of quality control supervisor. He to learn more about it. His book, go to Echo for the DailyPlaza.com. This book is also available on ebook. But I want to tell my audience it's best to read the book and to take it all in. So I got this book and I had finished it. And uh, let me tell y'all something. Mr. Bolden, that, that dude, he was a trooper. I mean, he was a trooper, man. I mean, really, he was. He started off as a state trooper in Illinois when he met JFK. And uh, JLK was doing campaigning, and they met up in the men's restroom of all places. And uh, they had a, a little quick conversation, and JLK you know, offered him a job. And he didn't think nothing of it too much, but JLK remembered, and someone kind of you know got in contact with him, and uh, sent for him. He came to Washington D.C. and met with JFK on the presidential boat and JFK offered him a job to come work for him. That's how the story went from there. And from 1960 to 1964, Abraham Bowen was on JFK's detail or up to 1962, he was on the detail. 63 and 64, he was in field operations um, off and on. But that's not really the main concept of the story um, people this black man went through a lot of hell and he damn near figured out who killed Kennedy and you'd be surprised like I said get the book I mean it's some sloppy mess in there man um, the secret service detail folks like to get high I mean they got high like they mess around with the women and all this stuff. But on the day of Kennedy's assassination, these knuckleheads went out and they party. And somebody left their 
their badge ID there with their little notepad and uh, didn't know it until after they did the investigation. And so somehow this ID came up and Abraham found out about Mr. Bowden found out about it and he brought it to the attention of his superiors. You know, like any person, you know, hey, I found something. And uh, it's called a, a lemon, not a lemon, a orange, no, 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 what's the, what's the word? Uh, called the wrong fruit and vegetable, what is that? A, uh, what's that, damn, it's right there, dang it, an onion peel, an onion, it's called an onion peel. It's like a copy, subcopy over copy. And it's, you know, and it's not the original. So um, this dude went through a lot and found out that it was sloppy investigation. It was sloppy detail, you know, that on that time period, it was it was chatter going back and forth of the day when uh, Kennedy was assassinated. And he figured that out. And he brought, again, he brought it to the superiors, um, and it reached all the way up to Chicago. Now, we all know that President Kennedy got assassinated in Dallas, but he was in Chicago, and somehow this conspiracy and stuff found its way up to there, and he figured it out. And so he started asking questions and stuff, and he did his own personal investigation, and then he was told by Spirit, hey, hey, back off. But he couldn't because, again, he felt compelled to do because this guy gave him an opportunity. Kennedy personally vouched for Abraham to come and work for him on his detail. So he like, I had to do because you know if it wasn't for him I wouldn't got there. And I, you know, you gotta understand that people. You gotta understand, hey, you know, it's just like if you done something for me and someone took you out I'm gonna find out what happened. Good, bad, and indifferent because hey, you gave me that opportunity. And I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not going to rest until I figure it out. So he figured out what was going on. And right after, like six months after the assassination of President Kennedy, the director of the Secret Service called, we called every field agent, supervisor, agent, special agent, whatever you want to, wherever they was, to turn in their ID badge and their, and their notebook. And this was all documented. Well, most of it was not post been documented in the Warren Commission, but it wasn't. It was a cover-up. And they was issued new badges and new notepads that, you know, where they had a badge in and whatnot. So Abraham asked questions. He said, what's, what's up with the cover-up? Why, why everybody get, had to turn this up? He said, Abe, just follow orders. Don't, don't rock the boat. And he knew right then there was some shady shit going on. And he told his wife about it. He said, something ain't right. And uh, let me tell you, from that point on, <laughs> they just went after this dude. I mean, they tried to smear campaign him. They tried to say he was a money launderer. Uh, he took money from a mob. And he was planning a hit. I mean, oh, yeah, they, they, they made it look bad for Abraham Bolton and his wife. This dude was, um, because he was close, man. I'm telling you, read the book. I'm not going to tell you what all happened, but he was close. He figured it out. 
he figured it out. They put his ass in multiple prisons. Multiple prisons. I mean, they tried, they gave him psycho drugs. They put him in the Salem Asylum. Seriously. They sent this ass to Leavenworth. And when he got there, and at that time, Leavenworth is, is a military prison, but it's also a federal maximum security at that time, back in the 60s. But on the part where he was, it wasn't, he wasn't in the military part. He was in the, what they call, kept the federal prisoners. So he met this prisoner out in the, in the yard. Elderly, I mean, not, not elderly white guy. He was a, he was a well-to-do white guy and everything. Way up in his age, but he was good. He was in good health. Worked out everything, right? And he approached Mr. Bowling, he said, uh, we know about you, Abe. And uh, he asked him, do I know you? He said, no, you don't know me, but I know you. He said, well, can I know your name? He said, no, we don't, you don't need to know my name. Just know this, that they sent you here to die. And if you don't watch your back, you're gonna die in this prison or any other prison for that matter. And he said, no, he was asked a question, said, so what's supposed to do? Say, Keep doing what you've been doing. Don't let them see they see them crack you. Don't break. Be ready. He said, grow eyes out the back of your head and on the side. There's always people lurking. Folks ready to do harm. They're gonna they're gonna come at you. And he said, Oh, thanks for the eye, you know, thanks for the heads up. I hope to see you again. He said, Nope. He said, Hopefully I don't see you out in this yard again, because the next time I see you, they're gonna kill you out here. And this is when he with Leavenworth and he was in his prison cell for like two probably two to three months or more all for him trying to figure out the truth of who killed the president a black man who was a state trooper secret service and I'm I'm, I'm gonna throw this little bit in here now they offered him another job prior to him prior to the smear campaign right the, US, uh, the Treasury Department got in contact with him um, because he still was on the, um, in the federal ro- roster, you know, whatever to say. Hey, and you know, because he did do some, he wanted to do undercover. He did do some undercover training while with uh, the state of Illinois State Police, and so they said, "Hey, you know, we got a job for you, right? And it pays good." And this, you know, this to help you out, whatever it is, and, and further your career. So he flew to, to Washington, sat down with uh, the director of the IRS, the bureau, and asked, you know, so what was the job? You know, what? Tell me about it. He said, you know, since you couldn't tell me on the phone, I had to fly here. He said, you know, Abe, we want you to go undercover for us. He said, undercover, like, yeah, you know, you know, read your profile. We know that you, you know, like going undercover. You know, people know how to read people and stuff, whatnot. And uh, again, this will further your career, you know, because you know you're not going too much in the Secret Service. But over here in Treasury, up here in the IRS division, you know, we don't, you don't play the the race card over here. We like to elevate people. So you, you're like, you, all right, I'm listening. Go ahead. But it's one catch, though, eh? And he said, well, what's that? He said, well, you got to go so deep undercover. That we got, you had to bring me, us your driver's license, your social security card, your birth certificate. We'll keep it for you. 
because what we want you to do, we're going to give you a new identity. And only you, I, and the agent, your handler, or the person you be working with is going to know who you really are. So he was going to do some real deep cover before Snoop Dogg and them and them talking about going deep cover. He was going to go deep, 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 deep. But it was a setup, and he knew it. Because he said, let me think about it. As he left the treasury building, he said, soon he stepped out. He said, I was, he was, he was so excited. He said, this is an opportunity. That such, such, such. But he said, soon his feet stepped outside the door. It hit. He said, they're trying to get rid of me. They're trying to get rid of me. And this is a way they can do it. Because think about it. Your ID, your birth certificate, your social security card, uh, and a passport, any idea of you, they take. Who gonna vouch for you? And they gonna give you somebody else or give you a new identity? So what if you go out here and do something? And you say, I'm Abraham such and such. I'm, you know, Franklin so-and-so. Can you prove it? Your ID says your name is Michael Johnson. That ain't, no, 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 no. That, that's my undercover name. Well, if you're undercover, who, who you work for? I work for Treasury. Call so-and-so, so-and-so. Now you just, you know, you fill in the blanks. You sitting in the cell. Something go wrong. Like, I don't know you. You did that. You killed that dude. You killed that woman. You killed those people. You took that money. You see where I'm going with that? So he figured out. He, he was smart enough to go home. After that meeting, he was smart enough to leave that meeting without showing any sign of emotions. But he was smart enough to go back to his hotel, talk to his wife, and tell her what was up. Because their marriage, that, that sister, man, I'm telling you, that's why I said I gave a shout out yesterday to the sisters, strong sisters that support brothers. That's it. His wife, man, that chick went through some mess with this dude, but she stuck by her man, really. Because she knew that he was innocent. And she told him, she said, hey, they're trying to get rid of you. She said, I know. She said, what, I'm gonna do? She said, what you going to do? I'm not going to tell my, I'm not going to take the position. So we said, what you going to say? I'm going to have to leave the bureau. So um, he left the Secret Service because he was still with the service. He was in between. So he was planning to get ready to leave the service, uh, Secret Service or whatever. And, man, it's just like all shit broke Because when he got back, his superior said, Hey, hey, come to my office. And this dude was a was a piece of work, really, for what? <laughs> well, uh, I just got off the phone for Division. And uh, they told us over there at, uh, at the IRS commission, you didn't want to take the job. What's wrong with you? You know, this, this and the dude was basically... Egging it up to him, so you know this will be a good thing for you because you be it be a credit to your rates. I kid you not, he said that. And Abraham sat there and looked at him and listened to him as he was flying off the handle. And he didn't tell him because he knew that most of the people in that office he couldn't trust. He said, I, "Right now, I got to think about it. So I, you know, I don't think about you know I got kids, my son, you know what she did. He had kids and stuff, and he had a young sharing. He said, I, I can't be away from my kids." for two or three years without them knowing where I'm at. But he said, damn it, Abe, why you got to be so damn difficult? 
We're trying to help you out, man. Trying to give you a heads up. You know it ain't going to be no better position here in the Secret Service. God dang it, man. You're a hard-headed nigga. I tell you no lie, he said that to them. You're a hard-headed nigga. But he didn't budge. Now back to the story of the Leavenworth. Prior to that, after they framed him for embezzling, taking some uh, about eight thousand twenty. Uh, no, it was about twenty thousand dollars that they framed him, and he had to go to court in Chicago. And this rape, rape they had this racist judge. The judge was in on it. This dude was trying to get a new judge. Man, it was just like, like he needed a new life. He couldn't get rid of this guy. He couldn't get rid of this guy until he had to go through about four, maybe five different prisons, being in different prisons at different places. Because this dude had him arrested. This judge, this judge had had him move, transfer, buried his ass, put him in the Salem Asylum. Everything they could to do to this dude, and the prosecution went along with it. Federal prosecution went along. It was fed crime, not this was no you know rinky dink city crime. It was federal crime that he was facing, using obstruction of his office to intimidate people and taking money. That's what the charges was. But all it was a frame, it was a cover-up. Because this dude figured it out that these folks were sloppy. And he found that half of the problem why Kennedy got killed was because the folks wasn't doing their job. And they was in on it. And so they put this dude through a lot of stuff. He was in one prison. Man, this folk, they put him in here, uh, half drug. This dude came, they put this guy in there with him. He woke up in a drug stupor like, who the, who is you? Like, yo, they put me in here. You know, he, you know, what? This dude, he had to watch this dude because this dude was there to try to kill him. He also worked at the kitchen. And this, he was working with this one dude. They paid this other dude to come at him. He had to fight this dude off. And every time it was something, they blamed him. Like, Abraham, you're so difficult. You're a difficult prisoner. Why are you making it such and such? But it all along, it's also telling them, if you just shut your mouth, all this will just go away. All of us do. And you know what? Towards the end, after he left Leavenworth, because after he had that meeting with the dude in the yard, the dude told him the same thing, shut your mouth. Stop it. Stop doing it. Go back to your family. It's not worth it. And he came to that understanding, but this is what... Man, I know I'm just picking pieces out of the book, man, because, again, I don't want you, I don't want to give it all away, but I say it's a good book. It's a history that black people, we, you and I, ain't been taught. It ain't been taught in no school, none of that stuff. Ain't no church, nothing. But this book, Echo from Daily Plaza, Abraham Bolton story. This is a good book. This dude right here went through some bullshit. He went through some shit that no ordinary man should not win. When I say they put him in the same side, they put him in isolation. They starved this dude. I mean, they did everything they could to break this man. But he would not break. But eventually he swore, he wised up and said, you know what? I'm going to take the vice of that prison and I'm going to shut the hell up. 
And lo and behold, he got a break. Because the, the racist judge that kept putting him in there was excused by another judge. They, they allowed him to hear his case and he was allowed to get out and start his life over again. But he still had, he couldn't work on that federal level or stuff because he still had a charge. He took it, people. You see how some of us as black men have to take the shit. He took a lesser offense just to get out. Just to get out. He had to put his pride, that, that principal pride of trying to tell the truth. Because obvious, when that prisoner told me, he said, obvious, they don't want to know the truth. They wanted to die. And they want you to die with it. He said, you got your family to think about. Your kids, your wife, you be dead and gone. You're, who's going to be there for them? So he had to, he accepted one charge, and that was obstruction of justice or something, uh, rehold, uh, uh, tampering with, with evidence to a point where he retained certain evidence, but he didn't get the embezzlement charge, but he did have certain evidence of, in his possession. But it was his in the first place because, again, at the top of the story, it was that onion peel. It was an onion copy upon copies. So he had the top copy, like the light, clear copy. So they said that right there, he took that charge. So I, I, I eat that. Just let me go home. Just let me go home. I, I get, I'm going to give you that part of the book. He, he had to go home. But this brother figured it out. But he went through hell. He paid for it, man paid for he couldn't get a job so eventually he became a quality control supervisor with a local company that knew about him God took you know understood his story and everything and said look come on I'll give you a job and he finished up school and, and the rest is history man but you know Mr. Bowden he's still alive and um, you can find a video uh, uh, interview with him on YouTube but, and that's how I figured out how to get this book. And I got it and I read it, man. Like I said, damn, that's some bullshit. But this is the shit that real black men go through. This is the shit that we had to do. Like I said, this dude had to take a lesser offense, had to deal with a racist federal judge to keep his ass in jail, tried to bury this man for some bullshit that the government was covering up who killed JFK. And a brother figured it out. Ain't that about a bitch? So this goes to all you clowns, you coon niggas, male and female, that sit up here who talk about this nonsense, male uh, toxic ma male masculinity and all this other foolishness and all this other garbage that y'all try to do. You know, the new term with a uh, culture, whatever the hell this shit is. You know what the hell I'm talking about whatever but it goes to that shit right there man this brother I mean for real it, it made me cry my, I mean like I said I don't know Mr. Bolton but it made me cry as a man because I you know as he wrote this I, I envisioned myself being in the prison with him vision him seeing him leaving his wife countless times telling her baby I'm gonna come home only for the judge say nope take this nigga to jail and some of the people who worked with him knew that said, hey, you didn't do that shit. But they was they weren't in no position to help. Yeah, they knew it, but they weren't gonna come and, and testify for him or they weren't in a position to help him out. He was there by himself. 
man, the one good thing he said, he said, at least my house was paid off. The attorney he had, who was a black dude, never argued in front of a federal judge, but he did defense in local uh, defense. But when he came to that federal, that dude had to learn on the job. And he was also kind of shaky for me, like, hey, maybe you just need to do this. But, man, you got to think about it. Like, someone sit here and tell you, like, man, I didn't do it. And people say, yeah, you did. Remember when I told you that yesterday on uh, the end of uh, the thing about the sister thing when I said black men get blamed for everything? I didn't do it. Yeah, you did. Sky black. It ain't my fault. It, it, you black man, right? you did it. And this was the same thing right here. This brother didn't do anything but just try to prove that one of the greatest conspiracies in this history and they tried to bury this dude. They tried to kill him. And they, a little bit of him did die. And he, he said, he said, a little bit of me died in that prison. Now you think about it, man. You think about that shit. They tried to poison this dude. Try to, try to make him crazy. Maybe say, I remember uh, at one time in the, in the book when he was talking to one of the prison psychologists. This chick had the nerve to say, maybe you made this up in your mind. And he said, no, and I said, yeah, he did. He had one, another psychologist who was a black man, highly educated, one of them high-educated niggas, sit there and said, Abe, you just need to shut the hell up. You just need to shut up. You one of them hard-headed niggas that just won't shut up. So what? Let me do say it. Basically, he said, so what you know? Who gives a damn? They don't want to know. But again, it goes back to a loyalty to a point. And I understood. I know people might say, well, I wouldn't. But think about it. As I said, if someone who, say, it's just like, it's say for instance, like that, I'm going to just use, use me for example. Say that I met Janet Jackson and met her backstage at one of her concerts. And I don't know Miss Jackson, but Janet said, you know what, Q, I like how you, you know, set up the perimeters and secured everything and kept everything in check. You ever thought about going into private security? I said, well, no, Miss Jackson, I never thought about that, but thank you for the compliment. And she said, you know what, I'm looking for somebody to head my security detail. Are you interested? Hell Yeah. I wouldn't say hell yeah, but I said, well, let me think about it. But eventually I'll take the job. Now something happened to her. Now she believed in me. Now I'm just an ordinary stage handler security guy backstage at one that somebody just, you know, one of these towns she passed by. But she said, you know what? I like your professionalism and how you handle and kept things professional and secure. I want you to come work for me. And something happened to her. Damn right, I'm gonna try to figure out what. what I'm gonna go say, well, that's the break, because and she personally vouched for me, paid for my travel, sat down with me, talked to me, asked me about my family, wanted to know personal things about me to see what my head was. Cause that's exactly what JFK did to Mr. Bolton. 
on that boat to get a feel, a personal feel of the person who he was going to entrust his life to. So you think about, yeah, you be like, all right, man, you know, you know, I will go and look for that person because, like, damn, that person did me right. I just not my, you know, I just hey, man, shit, man, I just saw her last week. How the hell that happened? You go snooping around, you then you get bad, it's flashing the face. Hey, 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 run up, but hey, what the fuck you going? Hey, I, 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 I'm head of security. Yeah, 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 but this, this, this is FBI, DAD, and all the rest of this, all the other alphabet crew show up. Like, hey, hey, what the hell? The hell? first of all, like, what the hell she was in? But, but what y'all niggas, you know, you be asking questions because again, every time that. He intermingled and conversated with JFK. It was always on a friendly, personal connection. So she would be the same, the same situation. She'll tell me, hey, I went to the store. So I said, said my dog. I know said, said Michael come over. You know, all that bullshit. So why is it that this person got taken out and the FBI, DO, <laughs> National Security, and the CIA is at her house? Something ain't right. Was she a spy? Or they, that's beyond, well, that's not for you, security guy. You see that? So eventually you would try to figure out. So I understand Mr. Bolton's passion, but it cost him. And it almost should have co- almost cost him his life. It almost cost this man his life and his family. And you see how this nation does when they when it's a cover up. They tried to destroy this dude. I said, man, it was, man, I'm telling you, when you read this book, I'm telling you, man, it took me a minute to finish this book. God, when it, when it got to those, I mean, he, when it got to that third prison he was going to and that crazy dude was trying to stab him, I said, what the hell? Dude said, I'm just putting up food. said, you ain't, you mess with me. Dude just clicked, pulled out a knife. He had to defend it. said, dude got, got stabbed, almost bled to death. said, well, it's attempted murder. But the dude was coming out of it. You promoted it. What the, what the? See? They was trying their best to get this guy. And so that's my commentary. I mean, I mean I'm telling you, man. <laughs> that's my commentary on this book. It's an interesting book. It should be taught for black history. History period of us as black people. We should know this. I just also just finished this book called C.R. Patterson, who's uh, his family, well, the pioneer black family, the pioneer automotives. I mean, that's a good book that I'm be bringing that to you with probably next. But this book here, I'm telling you, folks, man, mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. that's all I can say, man. So all y'all clowns, y'all would have loved and sit here and say stuff and not everybody, man. This dude went through hell, I'm telling you. But by the grace of Almighty God and him finally shutting his mouth, he got out and he's living a decent life. And it's sad that we don't know nothing about it. Only a handful of us. But on this day, on this podcast, now y'all know. Go get that book. Again, people, the book is entitled The Echo from the Daily Plaza. Abraham Bolton book is the author. Go get that book. 
as I said, you can also look, it's also on an ebook. You can listen to the audio part if you don't want to read it. But I be, it behoove you. I advise you to get this book physically and physically read it and absorb it in. Not just listen to it, absorb it. Just, just let it, the words come off the page of what this dude did. This dude was ahead of his time. And them folks in that office in Chicago and D.C. was shaking in their boots. They wanted to bury this dude. I'm, I'm telling you, they wanted to put him away real good. And it's bad. You got the folks in D.C. You got the damn federal judge in, D, in, in Chicago. You got your damn boss. Everybody just coming at your ass, looking at you like, you did it. You're a criminal. And he like, I didn't take that money. The hell you didn't. <laughs> so what people... That's it. <laughs> Again, go get that book. Um, you won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Like I always say, folks, always be safe, be vigilant. Come on back for another episode of Real Talk. I'm your host, Mr. Q, the War Machine, and I'm out. This was the War Machine. Real Talk with Mr. Q. Don't forget to join us next time.